Hello there, and welcome to Stick Around. The podcast that's slimmed down and is now coming in your ears in 4K. Brought to you by the Privileged Protection Society. Holding the social ladder, still. Nobody's climbing <laughs> that ladder. Not on their watch. That is political. Straight off. <laughs> Grammar schools, back! Uh, workhouses, <laughs> back! Privilege, staying where it is. <laughs> Are you the uh, front man for this campaign? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it goes... Quite, it quite go, passionate. It goes up against every single one of my ideals and uh, sense of morality, but um, they've paid <laughs> right. me in a lot of chips, so, um, you know, I'm never going to run out. Um, <laughs> um, Brilliant. It was another so one of the... you climbed that ladder, so to speak. Yeah, it was a dodgy underground car park deal, but it's, uh, it's worked out well for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, mine which is, is all that matters, you know, looking after <laughs> number one. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that, that's the whole. That's the whole point of uh, PPS. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, welcome to stick around. Um, we're here for games episode. I want to say sixteen. I believe it's. I was gonna. I think it's seventeen. Seventeen. Yeah. Okay, we'll go with seventeen. Um, I'm here with games experts, James Flux. Hello there. And games expert Clive Fisher. Hello there. We're here. You might notice we're, we're without David Peeling once again. He's swanning it off in America, um, gambling away his life savings in Las Vegas. Bloody swan! Yeah, he's fucking swan. <laughs> he's uh, very white and covered in feathers. Um, he'll be back next time, I believe. Um, so we have a slim down show for you tonight, much like um, the PlayStation Four, the Xbox One. Yeah, uh, just like them. Entirely as well. intentional, obviously. Yeah, just like those two consoles as well. This uh, episode will be entirely more expensive than the rest of them. Uh, so get get your checkbooks out, get your contactless <laughs> cards. Um, <laughs> how many games have you you got for us today, Clive? Uh, I'm just going to talk about two. It's been I've literally since I started teaching. I don't. I've only touched one game. I haven't turned on my PS4 literally since I started four weeks ago. Which and I haven't turned on my Wii U, so it's quite depressing. But <laughs> <laughs> it says a little bit about the amount of time I've spent <laughs> doing teaching. Right. But, yeah, I have been. I have been getting one particular game in, so I'll mention that. And then also, I um, previous to starting my teaching, I was in Switzerland for quite a few weeks, so I had my um, 3DS with me, and uh, I was playing quite a few games then. So I'll mention one of those as well. Mm-hmm. Cool, uh, James Flux. How many games have you got for us today? Uh, I've got two as well, mate. Um, yeah, sim- similarly to Clive, I've been been busy at work with a bit of overtime, but um, it, it has uh, it has helped my gaming fortunes, as uh, the listeners will find out later. Leave that, oh. leave that a bit cryptic. <laughs> cool, cool. All right then, cryptic uh, bastard. Without further ado, let's get this kicked off. Um, straight from a tiny village somewhere near Bolton, it's James Flux. Well, hello there, everyone. Um, the first game I've got for you today is uh, Doom. Uh, it's out on all the usual uh, Xbox One, PS4, the new slimmed down versions, etc. etc. I played it on the Xbox One, as is unsurprising. Uh, just a couple of little caveats to this review. Uh, number one, as you may tell, I've got a bit of a cold starting, so if I sound a bit a bit weird, that's probably why. Yeah, you're, um, you're a little bit, you're a little bit, yes, less sort of a yokel southerner today. You sound sound like you picked up a northern accent thanks to your thanks to your cold. I'll take some improvement. <laughs> <Is that> how <laughs> it works. 
Uh, not not always an improvement, but in this case. Um, <laughs> and the other the other disclaimer I will I will put out there for this game is that normally I wait to complete games before I reviewed them. This one I'm still part way through, so uh, my opinion of it might change once I complete it. But uh, it's it's more of first impressions, shall we say? Um, so like I say, the the game is Doom for the Xbox One, uh, developed by ID Software and published by. Bethesda Softworks, probably best known for um, Fallout and the Elder Scrolls series. Uh, it was released in May May the 13th, 2016. Um, Doom is, as I'm sure most people are probably aware, a, a first-person shooter. Um, obviously, it was originally released in 1993, um, and its modern incarnation is a is a reboot of that original game. Um, it's It's widely credited as being sort of the the beginning of the first person shooter genre which has obviously exploded since Doom was released in 1993 with most of the best selling games now the likes of your Call of Duties etc etc uh, all sort of stemming back to the original Doom uh, like I say this game is a remake um, or, or a reboot shall we say um, and the plot takes place on Mars where you are an unnamed soldier called referred to as the Doom Slayer externally, but never never, never in the game, uh, tasked with cleansing the planet Mars of demons after an accident on the facility run by United Aerospace Corporation, uh, which was trying to draw ardent energy from hell, goes awry. Um, Who would have thought? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, obviously a, a, similar, a similar plot to the original. Um, I'll kick straight in with this. The gameplay is fast and furious. Um, it's it's really intense, really action heavy. Um, there's a wide variety of weapons from rocket launchers, shotguns, pistols, pulse energy weapons. You name it, they've got it. Um, and there's there's plenty of sort of upgrades and and um, power ups at your disposal, able to take down the uh, the demon whores. It clearly bears a, a lot of the hallmarks of the original Doom. Um, with its real focus on kind of constant action and, and a really frantic pace. Um, it's done a great job of keeping the spirit of the original um, with that sort of style and a use of retro mechanics. Um, in particular, the health system of this game is very different to the sort of standard first-person shoot affair nowadays of the recharging shield or recharging health where you can run away from the combat heal yourself back up and then get back in the fight. This has shunned that to go back to the old school, picking up health packs or enemies dropping health when they get killed, which really changes the pace for those used to playing first-person shooters with that regenerating shield. It really changes the dynamic because when you're low on health, instead of running away to some cover and letting yourself recharge, you, if anything, have to push further into the fray and hope that you can get a melee kill, which gives you, which drops more health. Uh, for you to pick up, so it's sort of the the counter instinct to what modern first person shooters are, which is, oh, you're in trouble, run away, go and heal. This is, oh, you're in trouble, get further in and try and tear something's head off. Um, I also <laughs> quite like the weapon wheel, uh, a recurrence for the idea of just having an absolute arsenal at your disposal. You don't have to think, oh, do I want the sniper rifle or do I want the shotgun or do I want the assault rifle and so on and so forth. You can have it all, anything you want any time you can 
tear in with a rocket launcher, then switch to a shotgun, then switch to an assault rifle, as long as you're making an absolute uh, bloody mess everywhere, this game's all <laughs> for it. Um, in terms of graphics, the game is solid. It's nothing mind-blowing. Um, it's, it's sort of what you'd expect for a first-person shooter on a next-gen console. Um, it's absolutely fine. Nothing to necessarily write home about as, as incredible. Um, in terms of negatives for this game, I think the biggest problem, and, and it's, it's real sort of detractor as a factor, is, is it is repetitive. This game is, like I say, it's based on action. It's based on getting you in the fight, destroying as many demons as you can. The focus at the end of levels is how much violence there's been and, and how many sort of, of the demon hordes you've blown away with your shotgun or cut in half with your chainsaw. And ultimately, that kind of means that whilst it sets the pace and sets that unique style and atmosphere of the hell on Mars, if you will, rather than hell on Earth, it does get repetitive and it, it does seem very much like, oh, what we'll do is we'll chuck in this new enemy as a, a way to sort of keep it fresh and then we'll mix up the combinations of enemies and demons that you're facing to, to try and keep it a fresh a fresh look, which actually isn't that fresh because you know, oh, I'm going to see a new enemy here or this enemy's got loads more health than the last one and is kind of a tank one or this one moves much quicker or isn't as stable or whatever. So whilst you have to change your tactics a bit, the mechanic is kind of the same, which is, oh, we've got this new baddie for you, find a way to beat it and then find a way to beat it with the other enemies you've already figured out how to beat. And, it, like I say, it can get repetitive. Um, another issue that some people have raised is the map design. The game, like I say, it wants to keep the stylistic integrity, I think, of the original whilst bringing it into the modern day. And the map design is a bit labyrinthian. Um, and therefore, you, you can pretty easily get lost and just be retreading old ground looking for that one corridor or one door that you need to take you on to the next area or take you to the final objective. They have sort of gone away from the case of you get a mini-map and it's really predetermined where you're going to go to let you free roam and you have to download the map which will be hidden somewhere in the level. So there is a sort of way to compensate which is look for the map and that way you'll work it out. But actually I find that it kind of adds to the fun. There's a lot of secrets hidden around the map and whilst it can be frustrating if you're really stuck and really can't find where you're supposed to be, ultimately part of this game and part of the style it's trying to recapture is the kind of insane not knowing what's going on, tearing around this map, not knowing where you're going, running into demons absolutely everywhere. And that... the whilst some people are frustrated it's not really a flaw of the game it's, it's part of the design um it's, it's partly there so you can find those secret areas and feel like oh this is really cool i just picked up a weapon that i've not got yet or or oh there's a really cool power up here so that now i can do this or move faster or pick up things over a wider range um in summary doom does a great job of what it's supposed to do which is capture the spirit of the original game and drag it up to next-gen graphics and next-gen gameplay um, it is it is sort of what it is what it is really um, there is a lot of there is a lot of style there is a lot of gore in particular which might put some people off um, this game is uh, there is a new mechanic called the glory kill which is effectively getting in close for a ridiculous melee kill 
on whatever it is and and honestly it's pretty graphic um literally tearing apart a demon by putting your hands in its jaws and ripping its head off is uh it, yeah it is it is pretty graphic and i know it might put some people off but actually whilst whilst it is to an extent gratuitous i think to an extent it isn't because again it's trying to capture that original spirit of the original doom which was very much right we've built this game this is this new groundbreaking concept yeah there is going to be blood everywhere and but you know what it's you're killing demons from hell if, if it was very tame and there wasn't any blood you'd kind of be thinking well what what is this game trying to do stylistically it's it's conjuring that kind of hellish image but then shying away from it at the same time um like i say it's it's a really it's really solid in terms of graphics and gameplay it's fast and furious it's really good fun um and like i say the biggest the biggest downside is perhaps its repetitive nature and i think the way to combat that and part of the reason why i haven't completed it is that you have to tackle it in stages you have to go in complete a couple of levels be fast and frantic tear some demons up blow some people away have a really great time and then think right i've had enough of that now i'm gonna do something else i'm gonna play something else and then come back to it a couple of days later when you're feeling fresh and and ready to blow some other suckers away um all in all i would say it's it's a solid seven to eight out of ten with the caveat that i haven't completed it yet um and so so i reserve the right to change my mind if if i get to the end and think oh actually that's much better than i initially gave it credit for or oh it did get too repetitive and, and i want to downgrade it a bit for that um but yeah riotous fun fast and furious enjoying it cool right i haven't played any of the modern doom games i think um i mean i only really realized they were still making them about a year ago uh, but I do remember having a lot of fun with them when I was a inappropriately aged child playing them, along with Duke Nukem. Um, have you played any of these games, Clive? No, I've never played any Doom games. I've heard um, a lot of good things about this one, though. A lot of the uh, podcasts I listen to have been saying great things about it and how it captures, like you said, Flux, the spirit of the first game. Which to me doesn't mean a lot because I've not played the first game. But <laughs> I'm glad they've done a good job of it because... Um, it's you know it, it, there's always the worry it's going to be with you know it's obviously a reboot they've kind of not it's not Doom three or four or whatever they've just called it Doom haven't they? They have yeah so, yeah so it's kind of always the worry that they're going to screw something up but uh, <laughs> it seems that they've done a really good job which is great. Yeah, I think the the thing I'd give them real credit for, like I say, is keeping the spirit of the original, but it's going away from those sort of getting to be cliched concepts of the modern first person shooter. Like I say, recharging health being one of them. And the idea of limiting your weapons to try and limit your tactics being another. And they've really moved away from that and gone, no, in the original game, you could just do what you wanted. You had to run in and you had to blast stuff to, to stay alive. You carry 700 and, guns. <laughs> yeah. And, and this, that's how you had to play. You had to be aggressive. Yeah. And I think it actually works better now than it maybe even did then. Because we're so used to the idea of recharging your health and being able to run away and hide and recover. And when that's suddenly mm. taken away from you as a strategy, it, it does take some getting used to of, oh, I, I, I can't just run away here. I have to actually confront the problem <laughs> rather than just running away, waiting until I've got more health and then gradually taking it in stages of, oh, I'll kill the big one first, then I'll run away, then I'll take out a few of the medium ones, then I'll run away. And the, you you have to sort of confront it head on, which which makes for that yeah. frantic pace. But 
I might be wrong here, but I think Halo was the first game, or at least the first game I'm aware of, that used that whole recharging health. Yeah, I think it was. Um, it's, it's certainly credited with that. I've seen other places where... And, and it really worked, again, I think because at that time it was new. It was a new concept that you didn't have to run around looking for health packs. That actually health... You, you could change your strategy and run away and recover, which is sort of what Doom's doing, because now everyone uses that, and it's going back to the old school of having to find health packs and having to recharge that way, mm -hmm. which changes the reliance you've had on rechargeable health um, since. But yeah, I think it was Halo 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 Two was the first to do it. Um, uh, no, I, I think I think Halo One. I'm fairly confident. What was it? Maybe even, well, I'll 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 defer to your authority. I, yeah. I, I could I could <laughs> be wrong, but I distinctly I remember. I think Halo One had it, but I can't remember. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm fair, fairly I'm fair, certain. I played a lot of Halo One. I'm fairly certain it did. It might have had it only in stages, though. It might have been one of those where it was like you could only restore a quarter of your health. You maybe, know, it did it in like quarters. I, can't, mm. I know games that have done that where it's like you, have, you need a health pack to bump it up to the next quarter, but then you can re heal within that quarter. But I can't remember if it was like possibly, that. Possibly, possibly. It's been it's been a while. Um, <laughs> did anyone see that Doom film they made? I believe no, the Rock was in I it. I didn't realize it was a thing. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a thing. I Am did I... watch it some time ago. Um, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it looked <laughs> dreadful, but. <laughs> I just thought we'd better break it up since we're talking about it. It's Doom. got the rock in it. The one thing I really remember really vividly is that it was shot all in third person, like as a normal film would be, and then there was a scene where he picked up a gun and it went into this first-person frenzy, and that was actually a, a pretty well-done shot, that kind of panning all in first person going round, to, but it was towards the end of what was quite a poor film. It, it, <laughs> did, it didn't, didn't bring it back for me. Cool. It's been been some time cool. since I watched it. Maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe maybe no, I, 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 I doubt speak it. kindly I doubt of it. it. <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, well, moving on from uh, Lancashire to the Steel City, Clive. What have you got for us? Uh, well, moving on from a incredibly gory game to a game that doesn't have any gore. Um, the game I'm going to talk about is. It's Pokemon trading card game online. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. I'm throwing Ryan's a curveball at you guys. Throwing a curveball at you. Um, this is on. It's on a variety of things. Let me just uh, whip up the Wikipedia. But I think it's it's not really it's not on consoles. It's on. I play it on on my laptop. So PC. It's also on um, iPad, Android, and browser. What the, what the hell's browser? So I just mean you can play it in your browser. Yeah, no, it just means you can play it on, like, through Firefox or something like that. Oh, maybe, okay. Cool. Anyway, yeah, it's on. so it's on those things. It came out in um, 2011. As you'd expect, it's a. It's basically a, a computerised version of the trading card game that uh, most of us may have played at school when we were, like, 10, <laughs> when it first came out. I think it was in year, when I was in Year 7, from what I remember, when I used to collect those cards. Um, so yeah, it's basically a computerized version of that. It's completely free. You can um, download it, play it. You never really have to pay anything. There's never actually in the game any sort of incentive to like it. Doesn't there is? You can buy tickets to do tournaments, but it's not obvious at all. And I only accidentally discovered that when I clicked on something and it took me there. Uh, like it went out of the game and into a browser, and then to this thing where you could buy some 
tickets to enter tournaments, but it's really not clear at all. So it's kind of a, it's a weird thing that like it doesn't seem to be trying to make money at all, <laughs> which is kind of strange. But um, I, I like it, and I've I started playing this just when I went to Switzerland, and then yeah, I've just been addicted to it ever since. Like I'm playing it a lot. And it's been good because of my lack of time. It's a good thing to just jump in and have a quick game of. But anyway, I'll give a, a very quick overview of the card game. Obviously, it's got much more depth than I can possibly cover um, <laughs> in the uh, shortness of this review. But basically, you play. Um, you have a 60-card deck. Um, of It's made up of Pokemon, energy cards, which power the Pokemon moves, and trainer cards, which are kind of like utility cards that do certain lots of different interesting things. And... Um, you have, in, in the game, you kind of have your hand, so the cards that you have in your hand. You've got a bench, which is Pokemon that you put you can put on the bench. And then you have your active Pokemon, which is the one at the front actually battling the other person's active Pokemon. Um, they have moves on the cards, which have like an energy cost, and that's how many energy cards you need to attach. You can attach one energy card per turn to a Pokemon. And then once you've got the required energy, you can do that attack to the other Pokemon. Um, essentially, you win the game by picking up six prize cards um, which you put out at the start of the game six from your deck and you put down face down and then you pick up one each time you knock out one of your opponent's pokemon except for if you knock out a special type of pokemon which are called pokemon ex which is slightly more powerful but they have the caveat that if they get knocked out the opponent takes two prize cards so they're not as amazing as initially it initially seems although they are very highly used um, so yeah, that's kind of a quick overview of what it's about. But the, I, I think this game's really good. I think it does it really well. Like it's really the, the graphics, you know, while not mind blowing, I think they make it satisfying to play. It looks good. You can see all the detail of the cards, and you know, you can generally more or less read what's on the card without having to go close up sometimes. And if, if your eyesight's all right, which mine is, <laughs> it's a little bit small. But when you, you can click on all the cards and read them properly, if you need to. But and all that, and there's a you know few very sort of simple animations to when uh, there's attacking happening, and it just feels quite satisfying to play. Even silly things like the the deck shuffling kind of animation and things like that are, are satisfying and well done. And so it just feels like because obviously a lot of the I think satisfaction of playing a card game is holding the cards and putting them down and stuff, and that's obviously lost when you do it on the computer. But I think they've kind of recaptured it a little bit, um, as probably as best as they could. So I was really impressed with the kind of how well they did that and it uh, sort of solved the itch for me which was that I wanted to play the card game and I had no one to play it with <laughs> uh, so I was like oh well I didn't even realize this existed and then I think I was listening to a podcast and then some guy mentioned it and I was like oh that sounds good so I went on and um, started playing it and just got addicted basically but essentially you start with like three decks so three 60 card decks that you kind of just get at the start of the game you can get other ones by you play a trainer challenge which is like computers other computer people which aren't particularly good but it's a good way to kind of learn the game if you haven't got a clue how to play it at the start and then you can earn trainer tokens and the more tokens you get you can buy theme decks actual theme decks that you could buy in a supermarket you can buy in the game but obviously it doesn't cost you actual money it's just costing you tokens that you've earned from beating these um players but it's also worth noting if you buy a theme a physical theme deck for example you get a code with it and then you can actually unlock that on the game as well if you want to and same with booster packs if you buy a booster pack you get a code and then you also get a booster pack on the game so yeah you kind of do this trainer challenge you can and then eventually once you've got some good decks you can start competing against the other other players which is like versus mode and you just play it just puts you against random 
other players in the world, which is always fun. And I think it must do it. There's definitely match makes to some extent because I've the more I've started winning, the better the players I'm playing against are. Like at the start, they weren't particularly great, but now I tend to play against. I usually get a good match, and it's it's pretty rare that I just turn on and someone's just got a rubbish deck, and I just trounce them. Um, issue. <laughs> so they must have some some sort of matchmaking system, which is good. Then there's also tournaments, which you, you need tournament tickets for, which you get by winning versus matches. That's the matches against other people. And then you can enter a tournament, and tournaments give you like lots of booster packs, which is packs of ten cards as a prize. Um, these packs, it's worth noting, it's the ones that you can buy. You can buy booster packs with trainer tokens. Confusing. That um, you might as well open because they're untradeable, so you can't trade those cards with other people. So you can't trade the pack even with other people, so you might as well open it. Whereas the ones you win in tournaments, you can then trade for specific cards, which is the best way to get a deck that you want. Like opening booster packs is the slowest way to get the deck you want because the chances of you getting the card you want are very slim. But if you just win a tournament, you get like eight booster packs, and then with that, you can get a pretty decent deck by just trading your packs away for the cards that you want. It's quite slow to get going if you're not going to pay anything um, at the start because it's quite hard probably to win. Although you can just do theme deck tournaments, which means you can only the people you're playing against only use theme decks and they can't use ridiculous cards that they've got. <laughs> um, so they have to use one of the sort of theme decks are the ones that are made for you and you have to made for you by the computer and they're, on, they're ones that you can buy in the shop basically so you, you can't make them any better by adding different cards whereas with your own decks you can do what the hell you want you can trade out the cards and whatever else but so it's a good way to play theme decks at the start because then you're playing against other people with theme decks therefore they're not going to have a massive advantage whereas if you play the normal mode you're going to be outclassed by people who've been playing for a long time and have really good cards <laughs> but another good way to do it is if you're willing to put like i, I did this if you're willing to pay like a fiver, I mean, the game's free for Christ's sake and I've put hours and hours into it. So I was like, you know, whatever. You can uh, go on eBay, you can get people sell their, like I said, when you buy a booster pack, you get the code to get a booster pack on the game. People sell those on eBay for like, whatever, 10p each. So if you pay a fiver, you get like uh, 30, you know, you can get between 15 and 30, depending on which ones you get. And then you can just trade those for whatever deck you want. So I would recommend research once you know what how the game goes um research online what kind of deck you want and then you know pay a fiver for some codes and go and get that deck and then you can play versus and earn stuff and you know it gets easier from that point it's just getting over that initial hump but yeah i think it's it's kind of hard it's a hard thing to review because it's i'm also kind of reviewing the card game itself obviously because that's essentially what it is it's just a computerized version of it like i said i think it really faithfully recreates it it has some neg- the negatives I would say is that it's a little bit slow and um, getting the trainer tokens and things for booster packs can take ages and things like that. But I think overall it's a very cheap game and if you're willing to put in a, just a little bit of money it speeds things up uh, considerably. And I just think it's a really um, good card game. It's, it's fun and it changes a lot. So every time a new set comes out, like a few sets get uh, taken out of what's called standard format. And then you can use, so you can only use certain sets in it, which means every time a new set comes out, the, the meta game kind of changes, which is pretty cool. And um, certain ca- cards are no longer legal, and that makes it really interesting. But then there's also, it doesn't mean that suddenly your cards are useless because you can play in what's called expanded format, which is like the cards from ages and ages ago are still legal. So 
yeah, I just think it's a really fun, interesting game. It had way more depth than I initially thought it was going to have. Um, it's really interesting just making your own deck and thinking about all the strategies that you could have and trying to uh, think about, oh, well, these are the really common decks. What deck could I make that's going to counter those really well and that maybe people aren't expecting? Um, yeah, it's just, I think it's a really, really fun game. I'm glad I found it and I think I'm going to be playing it for a long, long time just because it keeps on getting fresh every time a new set comes out. And yeah, so big fan of it. Cool, excellent. Um, is it is this the same Pokemon card game that was very big back in the noughties? Yes, it is the one. It is. It's changed a lot. Like there's certain. It's kind of it's developed, matured a bit, probably. It's got and it got a little bit more complicated. Although I still don't think it's a complicated game overall. And um, it's pretty easy to get into. There's a few rules you need to get around. But but saying that, there still is a lot of depth to it. it there's a lot of variation with the type of deck you can make. It's not just about, oh, get your Pokemon out, attach some energy to it and attack. There's lots of intricacies <laughs> underneath yeah. that, which can be like, oh, this Pokemon has this ability, which could work really well with this one. And yeah, it, it's it's really fun. Big fan of it. So I would recommend it to people like who haven't, who th- want to play the card game, but thought, oh, well, I've got no one to play it against. Do this, you know, it's much cheaper and you get to play against, you can play against anyone anytime. Three o'clock in the morning, there'll be someone there to play against. So. <laughs> it was awesome. it was big bucks back at my school. I remember there was a one kid, rich kid who'd uh, compl- <laughs> had all the cards three times, and he wanted a fourth deck, a fourth deck, and he'd um, offer you these ridiculous trades. But I didn't want to give him my shiny Blastoise. I was not up for that <laughs> whatsoever. And I remember we went on a school trip to uh, France for the day, and somebody managed to get a French shiny Charizard. And everyone thought, well, that must be better because it's French. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I have fond memories of this. I'll be honest, this isn't something I probably would play. But I can see the appeal of it, and I did used to really enjoy uh, the card game. Uh, oh, did you used to play the game a lot? Because I, oh, I, I don't remember I did. playing it a lot. Yes, okay. I, I, I collected I them, but I didn't. Cool. Yeah, I did used to play it, yeah. It was fun. No, it's to... a good game, and I've played against Cable like the physical game. We've got our old cards out and uh, <laughs> had a game, and it is good. Although it has changed a lot since the first. There's a lot more things you can do now, but the very core of it is still basically the same. James Flux, have you been playing? Have you played any Pokemon cards in your day, or collected them at least? Yeah, I, back back in the day, I had a, I had a Pokemon card collection. It's probably gaining some dust somewhere in my parents' house. Might be worth some money. You never know. <laughs> You might be I worth giving to me, Flux, because I am now collecting the cards again. So, <laughs> well, t- I'll pay what, you a mate, fair price for it. Tell you what, mate. Next time I go, I'll see if there's anything good in there for you, and you, you can have them. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh, what, what a gentleman! <laughs> you have no idea how happy that would make me. Because <laughs> because mine got lost. I've like literally got ten left. I was so good. I don't know where they all are. So yeah, yeah. really depressing. Up. But really- yeah, check it out. I really miss that shiny Blastoise. Uh, <laughs> Have you still got it? No. Uh, no, no. God knows where that went. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. Let's head back to uh, Lancashire. Uh, James Flux, what's your second game for us? Well, as I uh, left the listener with a cryptic clue before about how over time it had affected my, my gaming. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, very it- cryptic. Mysterious. Um, a riddle wrapped inside an enigma. Well, exactly. that's me in a nutshell, mate. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like I said, whilst it may have got into uh, my gaming time, 
the additional money I have earned from uh, a bit of overtime at work has meant that I've bought a PS4 to become oh, a two next-gen console household. Um, <laughs> Flash so, bastard. <laughs> so the ne- the uh, second game I'll review is a PlayStation 4 exclusive, The Order 1886. Uh, oh, yeah, I've played this. Developed by Ready at Dawn and SCE Santa Monica Studios, published by Sony Computer Entertainment, hence the PS4 exclusive, uh, and released on the 20th of February 2015. Uh, The Order is a third-person action-adventure game set in an alternate Victorian London, um, in which an Order of Knights has been set up by King Arthur and Legacied Onwards uh, to protect the city and the world from the struggle against the supernatural half-breeds. Um, the game focuses on uh, one of the knights, uh, Sir Galahad, um, and as the playable character as he investigates the connection between the half-breeds and the uh, kind of Order's sworn foe, as it were, the half-breeds, and a rebellion in London itself um, against the monarchy, uh, and kind of follows the twists and turns of his investigations as a conspiracy develops. Um in terms of the pros of this game, the aesthetic is incredible. Visually, it's it's absolutely incredible. I know it's become a bit of a cliche for me, having listened back to a few old podcasts, that I'll say the graphics of most games are, are really good, and I'm working on that. But this is honestly probably one of the best-looking games, if not the best-looking game I've played in a while. Um, the graphics are absolutely incredible. There's an brilliant level of detail in particular the use of uh, one of the guns the thermite gun uh, sort of fires a cloud of tiny particles of thermite that you then ignite and when you fire the weapon it's like there is a sort of cloud of tiny particles the the level of detail there to not just go i would just do a big gray kind of cloud if you like shapeless it looks like there are individual particles of the thermite it's it's really really well done um, and again, the the landscapes are, are visually brilliant, whether that be the cobbled streets of Whitechapel or the luxury airship that you go on later on the game or sewers of London. The graphical attention to detail and the textures and the environments are just really good. Uh, similarly, I really like this kind of steampunk style. Um, it's It's a cross between the Victorian London we all know from the likes of Oliver Twist and all that sort of TV adaptation uh, but with a, a bit of artistic license and a, and a bit of a twist of the steampunk um, which I really like and I honestly cannot praise the visuals of this game enough it is really a sort of showcase of the PS4's graphical capability um, the other thing I liked about this game is the story um, it's a real sort of character-driven narrative focusing on Sir Galahad and his kind of struggle with the conspiracy and his role as a as a sworn knight of the order um, and the personal feelings of his mentor Sir Percival and some of the characters around him um, in line with what he thinks he's discovering um, as the game progresses um, and it's it's really sort of thrilling and tense. Um, and it's it's a really good story um, that, that kept me intrigued till the end. Um, in terms of cons, this is a really short game. Uh, that kind of suited what I wanted as I b- bought this, knowing it was a visual showcase. 
and kind of wanted to just blitz through it appreciate the aesthetic quality and the kind of steampunk style that I really enjoyed and get through it so that I could play some other PS4 titles however if I'd have bought this game at release I'd have been massively disappointed with the level of content if I'd have paid 40 quid for it I'd have been absolutely miffed um, getting it second hand a couple of years down the line relatively cheap there's enough content there for the price I paid um, but yeah if, if I'd have bought this at release I'd have been pretty upset with uh, the kind of length of the story um, the other issue I have with this game to an extent is how linear it is the game gives you this brilliant steampunk world and it's really well visualised and there's great graphics everywhere and you want to tear around and explore the city because it looks so visually appealing but you can't, you're really gated in to this particular linear level structure where you can only go certain places and there's very little kind of scope for exploration um, or deviation from the path that they've intended you to travel. Um, in summary, I really enjoyed The Order. It provides a great visual showcase of the PS4's graphical capability. I love the style and I love the weaponry that they've sort of built with the steampunk style um, using... Uh, historical figure Nikolai Tesla as kind of this mad inventor who creates these guns and um, sort of uh, accessories to help you or the order progress against their fight against the half-breeds um, that said this this could be considered a very much a game of style over substance it really focuses on the visuals and the style and the atmosphere and kind of leaves you with quite a short and very limited gaming experience. There's nothing in terms of gameplay that I would say is revolutionary by any stretch. The combat is very standard third person cover shooter and the moving around the level structure is, is very, very samey to plenty of action adventure or, or sort of plat 3D platformer games that you will play. Um, there's there's nothing there and whilst the story is very good it's very short and there's nothing beyond the campaign to sort of keep you interested and intrigued after you've completed it if what you want like me is a quick game that shows off the kind of visual showcase of the PS4 is a real sort of engaging quick right I'm gonna play this for a couple of days I'm gonna get everything I can out of it I'm gonna sort of really explore the visuals find what happens at the story and then move on to something else and I've got a big queue of games I want to play then I'd absolutely recommend picking this up relatively cheaply playing through it because like I say it is, it is a visual powerhouse and the story is a, a sort of thrilling and intriguing story however if you're more of the kind of sandbox in-depth experience kind of gamer that, that wants to really put in a lot of hours into a particular game this is not going to be for you it is a very short, sharp, punchy experience as opposed to a, a long in-depth complex game that you're going to be spending hours and hours on um, like I say for me it ticked the boxes I wanted it to tick and I, I'd give it a 7 out of 10 um, but it, I can see why people would perhaps be more frustrated and why it's, it's met with a lot of negative press on its release because if I'd have bought it on release I'd have been really upset with the kind of uh, amount of content I'd received Mm. Okay, so it's not bad. So what you say, it's not bad for the for the money you personally spend, but it's not really. It doesn't sound like it's a full game. 
Sounds like it's a mouthful. Yeah, I'd, it is a full it's game. About, is it seven it or eight hours flux or something? Yeah, I would I would say yeah around around that. I completed it. I think I think I completed it in about three three or four days of not not continuous play. Obviously, I, I would I would say yeah somewhere between about eight and ten hours. hours yeah. mm. I haven't I haven't heard of this one actually. Um, yeah, it's a, this one slipped me by. Um, w- would you say, look, have you played Uncharted 4 yet, Flux? I haven't no. I was going to ask where you thought it stood in, in terms of uh, graphical pleasantness um, <laughs> to, next to Uncharted 4, which is, for my money, the best game I've ever, looking game I've ever seen, like, purely graphically. Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't got, the, uh, haven't got the comparison. I'll tell you what it reminded me quite a lot of was Rise for the Xbox One. In that again, that's another game that was very visually impressive, and there was a lot of detail and a lot of texture in the environments, and it was really cool exploring the different environments. But the gameplay and the length of the story was perhaps a bit lacking, and I enjoyed Rise, and Rise at least had some multiplayer, albeit that I didn't. It wasn't really for me. I played it for a bit, but there was nothing, nothing particularly spectacular there. Um, but yeah, it was similar to that for me that. It's a great graphical experience, and I'd recommend playing it if you picked it up cheap, because it, it is visually impressive. But the, there's not a lot there in terms of excellent gameplay, or you're, you're not going to spend hours on this game. Um, it's very much you'll complete it, you'll do the story, and then you'll be like, "Oh, okay, I'm, I'm done with this now." Mm-hmm. Cloud, you said you'd played this as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I got about. Um, I've probably got like three or four hours into it and then I, I just got bored of it personally because it's not I, don't, I just think it's my type of game I think the things that Flux has mentioned as negatives like for me were quite annoying like the linearity of it it's like was it was really linear and that annoyed me a bit um, not that I have problem with linearity sometimes like I, I like the Uncharted games and stuff like that they're quite linear but this was even more linear and I think that also the like the story wasn't really up my street if you know what I mean I don't, I don't think it's bad. Like Flux says, I think I'm sure it's a good story. It's just not something that I'm particularly interested in, like that kind of steampunk, old uh, Victorian England type. I don't know. It just didn't really tick my boxes, vampires, whatever else. And yeah, I just didn't really get into it. I, and I gave it a fair shot. I think four hours is a fair crack. And then I just thought, I'm still not into it. And I only paid like five quid for it. So I was like, you know, I don't want to spend another four hours playing it, basically. So I stopped. But yeah, I mean, I could certainly see why people would enjoy it. I don't think it's bad in itself. I think it's just not for me. <laughs> and I, I'm glad I gave it a shot, though. But, yeah. I didn't think that... I thought the shooting was a bit, um, like... Felt a bit slow. Don't know if you thought that, Flux. Like yeah, the, I think... I think it's Like, di- the cursor and stuff is all a bit... Uncharted suffers from that as well a little bit, but it's... Yeah. I found it worked if you were aiming down the site and it was quite quick if you were... Yeah. If you were doing that, but if you were trying to kind of hit fire, it, yeah, it was... It was definitely, definitely a bit clunky and a bit, a bit inaccurate. You definitely had mm-hmm. to kind of get into that mindset of here are the enemies, right? Aim, fire, aim, fire. Rather than rather than try and take take up take people on from hip fire and running and that that yeah, wasn't going to work yeah, for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. But yeah, I mean, it does look. It definitely looks gorgeous. It probably is one of the better looking games I've played on the PS4. Definitely, it does look really good. Cool. You, uh, quickly before we move on to Clive, um, have you got any other games you've been playing on PS4, Flux? Um, I'll be honest, mate. I've uh, I've been playing quite a lot of Rocket League 
Um, ah. It's it's a it's a game we've that obviously Dave has reviewed. Um, there's a new mode out at the moment that I'm really really enjoying that gives you kind of like Mario Kart style weapons if you like. So you can kind of, there's like a big boxing glove on a spring and stuff like that. So I've I've been playing a fair <laughs> bit of Rocket check League. This out. Yeah, I haven't had time yet, <laughs> but it does sound good. Excellent. Cool. Obviously, I've played Rocket League, just not the new um, update thing. But it sounds cool. Bazinga. Right. <laughs> Bazinga. Uh, Clive, what else? Okay. You like, I'm expecting a more gamey game here, but maybe not. You may be all surprises. <laughs> well, it's probably not going to be something you expect, but yeah, so I played um, a lot of 3DS while I was away in Switzerland, and the game I played most of my 3DS along with. Uh, Pokemon Alpha Ruby Sapphire. No, sorry, what I mean about I played Pokemon Omega Alpha Sapphire. Getting confused, which is the remake of Pokemon Sapphire. Um, I played a fair bit of that, but I'm not really going to talk about that. Um, I'm going to talk about a little weird game that um, probably not many people have heard of Nintendo Pocket Football Club. Uh, okay. <laughs> which is a, a funky little game I managed to pick up for about £5 I think it's maybe like 12 quid on the eShop or something but I got a f- physical this weird thing that exists which is like a physical copy that you get but then you have to get a, it, all that's in the physical box is a download code a strange phenomenon but uh, it cost me £5 so I was like yeah sure I want to check this out um, essentially Nintendo Pocket Football Club is a, is a football management game um, Nintendo style so you you take you know you name your team you get a load of players and it's all very cartoony you kind of start in this bottom league there's i think there's like three or four leagues and each of uh, i think the first one has eight eight teams and it goes up towards having like 15 16 in the in the top league and you're kind of trying to come you know promote yourself to the top league essentially um you do this by you start off with all your players being pretty rubbish like they have about seven attributes, you know, jumping, speed, things like that, and they're all rated from E to S, S being, like, amazing. Um, it goes from E to A, and then above A is S, for those who are confused. <laughs> yeah, S being amazing and E being rubbish, essentially. And you kind of, you play, the more games you play, you get, in each game you get, like, these what are called trainer cards. So they could be, like, sliding, heading on a card, and then you... In, in the training mode, you can just give certain cards to the player. So you might be like, oh, I want to give my striker better heading, so I'm going to give him the heading card. Or I want to give my defender better sliding, so I'm going to give him the sliding card. But then it also has this interesting dynamic of like combos of cards do a, might do a special thing. So like, um, I should have looked up some examples. I can't remember any off my head. But for example, like speed and dribbling might give wing wizard i don't know if that one exists but it might turn into a wing wizard card if you put those two together and then make him uh give him more stats than just giving him those two cards would have done but the weird thing is that those those combos you have no idea what they are and you have to just kind of work them out randomly and then once you know them obviously you know them but it's a bit weird that there isn't some sort of once you have them it would be nice if it made a list of the ones that you found obviously you can just go online and look <laughs> what the combos are which is what i did and then but it's just a bit tedious doing it like that and and it would have been nice if they'd come up with a better i like the system of combining the cards but i don't see why it has to be like you find them out i think it should just be like it should just tell you which combos you've currently got and that you could use if you want um but the essentially the ma- the match engine like i say it's really cartoony it's like 2d sort of uh, little sprites um pretty basic looking but 
it looks really charming uh, in true sort of Nintendo style. The 3D actually looks pretty cool on it as well from the 3DS. It um, looks good. I've, I've played it a lot with that on. And yeah, like any management sim, you press play and then you're not in control of anything really, except for doing some substitutions and a little bit of like where the line of the players is and the formation and stuff. It's much less in depth than something like Football Manager, which to me is a good thing. Um, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's just really funny kind of watching this game of like 11 cartoon players uh, running around and it's great building them up to from starting off being really rubbish and, and it is really obvious like the change as the more you get up the better the players get you can kind of record a game from early on like I did and then you can um, compare it to a game that you know once you've had a couple of seasons and your team does get much better which is satisfying and you kind of have these in between each actual match that counts there's, you can have like a training match if you want which gets you more training cards which means you can improve your players but then you've got to weigh it up because your players get fatigued if you play too many training matches and then they might get injured and then you might end up losing your best players and so it's a bit of strategy involved in that sense um, and yeah so I think it's yeah I think it's a really good, fun little game absolutely worth the five quid if you can which you can quite easily find it for if you look on eBay or Amazon even Um and like I said, I think it's about 10 quid to download from the eShop, which I'd say it's still worth. I think it's a really fun little game, particularly if you are into... If you like the idea of football but don't like um, the Premiership and all that stuff, like I don't care about it anymore at all, but I still think football's a good game <laughs> in itself. Um, so, yeah, I, I've, I've, this has been really fun, having players that don't actually exist and kind of building them up and just a much more casual affair than something like Football Manager where I have to decide the exact training routine of my team which I do not give a fuck about um, <laughs> so yeah things like that I much prefer it like this where it's I mean I used to play a lot of football manager I never would anymore but yeah th this is quite simple on terms of negatives like I have mentioned I think the training matches it would be good if you didn't have to watch them and you just got the cards for them and um, it does help to watch them because you can kind of assess how your players are playing and stuff and what's working and what isn't to some degree but it would be nice to be able to skip those I think you should having to watch the actual matches is fair enough I think that's good but <laughs> the training matches I think less so but yeah I think this is if you after like a bit of a cartoony sports management something a bit weird um, game then yeah you should check this out it's not completely arcadey in terms of you know the players aren't going to be doing flips and fire coming out of their feet and you know all that kind of stuff it is fairly grounded <laughs> it's just the way it's presented is cartoony and the 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 way the game plays isn't like an actual game of football. It's a bit more, a bit more arcadey, definitely. But I think that's a, a great thing, and I think it essentially is just football given the Nintendo charm, and I think it's worked really, really well. So I think people should hear about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good I little was, game. I was I was definitely not aware of this. Um, I am still a big fan of the Football Manager games. Uh, not that I'll be getting one this year. In fact, this will be the first time in a few years that I haven't bought one. Uh, mm -hmm. But I just don't have the time anymore, frankly. Um, it's a very time-consuming game, isn't it? Yeah, so is I, this, to be fair, which is why I've I, stopped playing it now. <laughs> I used to play a lot on uh, online against my friends, um, or even in just LAN parties. Uh, very geeky. Uh, easy game to get obsessed by Football Manager. Th this sounds like it's been given the Nintendo treatment. It does sound quite interesting, actually. Uh, I've been looking for a new 3DS game as well. So, oh, okay. who knows? Yeah, it comes com day. comes recommended. It is it is a little bit um, addictive as well, like Football Manager. <laughs> uh, 
and it does still it's less time consuming because you don't have to do all the intricate management side of it but it does get addictive and i think having a game where i think addictive games are often the ones where you don't have to pay attention all the time because you're all you're like oh i can just have the game on while i'm doing this <laughs> uh, which the football manager was always like <laughs> i'll just i'll just put the match on while i do my homework or you know but and you can obviously do that with this because during the match there's not a lot you need to do you just have it on but yeah it's a good little game check it out if you've got a 3ds and a starved of games to play because there's not all that much coming out for it at the minute except for RPGs, there's a lot of those coming out, and soon Pokemon Sun and Moon, which I'm psyched about. <laughs> I would ask you if you've played this flux, but I know that you have zero interest in football. Uh, yeah, you, you're absolutely right, mate. No, I haven't played it. I do have zero interest in football. <laughs> and I, I, I dare say you definitely won't be playing it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cl- Clive, Clive made it sound good as football management simulators go. If I was going to play one, it would be this one. <laughs> That's I would it. say um, you probably don't one. have to be that much into football. It's the kind of game I could see uh, people, even if you don't like football, getting into it just because of the, if you like the charming side of it and stuff like that. Um, or if you like something like maybe Inazuma 11. It's not as arcadey as that, but I know a lot of people who play Inazuma 11 who hate football, but <laughs> that is essentially a football game. So, yeah. Right. Not a necessary okay. requirement. But if you like a little bit of uh, casual management, then I'd say this is perfect. <laughs> I, I don't have a game to talk about this month. Everyone knows I'm a very occasional contributor in this respect. Uh, I have been playing games. I've been playing a lot of uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, The Phantom Pain. And okay, I'm finding cool. it remarkably difficult. Um, this is the first MGS game that I've played um, where the, you don't have that radar with the field of vision that's common in the other MGS games. <laughs> and I'm finding it, and it's a great challenge, and I'm really enjoying it. But that's kind of, it's thrown me off, and I'm never quite sure whether the guards can see me or if they can't. Um, but it's a brilliant game so far. I mean, I'm led to believe from what I've heard from other people that it's somewhat half finished game due to um, a dis, you know, disagreements between Kojima and uh, Konami. Um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. You, you played this as well, didn't you, Flux? Am I wrong? Uh, I played it. I played it a bit at the beginning. Um, oh, uh, in fact, I played. Is it uh, Ground Zeroes? The pre- yeah, oh, that, the, I yeah. played that. That's the one yeah, I played. I, I played a bit of that, but I, I didn't play any Phantom Pain. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. It's it's a bit. It's a lot different from the other MGS. Is it's kind of an open world game, and mm. um, there's kind of more RPG elements when you're sort of building up your army, literally by kidnapping other soldiers. So you do feel like a war criminal, but everything's done so tongue-in-cheek, uh, or with such, you know, OTT nature. Um, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable, but like I said, I'm finding it extremely difficult. Every time I attempt a mission, it takes me... I, I haven't completed one mission in one go yet. It's possible I'd be able to do it if I just went for a gung-ho approach, and you definitely can do it in the game. But mm-hmm. I, f- I feel that's not the point of a Metal Gear Solid game. The idea is stealth. And it's yeah. very difficult. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, I played Ground Zeroes and I found it difficult. And I, I played because I thought it for like three quid and it was kind of a, a tester for whether I wanted to play Phantom Pain because basically I heard that Phantom Pain was Ground Zeroes for a longer time. 
kind mm. of thing. Um, and yeah, I just I can never get on with uh, Metal Gear Solid controls. I just find them clunky, and I just can't get on with them. It's probably because I'm not I haven't put enough time into getting good with them. But I just I just don't find them intuitive, and I find it a bit too too many things to think about. And also, I think part of it is just that I don't like too hardcore stealth games. <laughs> Anything uh, more stealthy than like Goldeneye on the N64? I'm not really, <laughs> and that's not really stealth. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's mainly the controls. I just found them a bit clunky, so I was that's what put me off buying MGS5 in the end because it's just like I don't think I'm going to enjoy. It. I enjoyed that, but it was literally a two-hour game, and I was like, I don't know if I want to play any more <laughs> than that. Cool. Yeah, excellent music on the but well, Metal Gear Solid, the original, is one of my favorite mm. games of all time has, I think, a contender for the best game theme of all time. I'll put that out there. Okay. I think it's up oh. there with Zelda, which I would say the standout that's two a, for me. That's definitely a cracking theme tune. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. You mean like the theme in general or the soundtrack as a whole? Uh, I, well, the soundtrack as a whole is excellent, but I, the okay, theme but especially... Okay, you're on about the theme, you mean. Okay, yeah. cool. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. There's definitely some good soundtracks out there. It's an underrated part of video games, I think. Things like uh, Super Mario 64 has got a splendid soundtrack, I think. And yeah, a lot of Zelda games. Brilliant. <laughs> cool. Uh, update from Stick Around HQ. As mentioned last time, we finally managed to bring Michael Johnson back. Uh, Sweet. We've got him in, on an IV drip uh, just to you know <laughs> settle him down a little bit. Um James Cable, however, uh, seems to have been getting rather agitated as of late. Uh, he's been um, he's been seen uh, gesticulating towards our neighbours. Um, I think there's something in the water. Uh, we'll see what's happening. We'll see what's happening. But it's things are kicking off in the in the Virgin Islands. We may have to move. Watch this space. Oh, well, well, that'll be a sad sad day. It's been very eventful for us on the Virgin Islands. There are some other tax havens we can it. go to. Oh, yeah, yeah. We could go to a Swiss tax haven. Yeah, why not? Let's go to a Swiss one. <laughs> Got contacts. Yeah, we'll see. Okay, we'll, <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll, go, we'll use that uh, bunker lined with Jewish gold that you were in. One <laughs> the of the recordings. <laughs> <laughs> it was the last games recording. <laughs> it was. Right, okay. Uh, before we wrap this up, James Flux, have you got anything else you want to comment on? Uh, no, no. Um, yes, been a been a busy busy time for me. Not enough time for games, but the new Rocket League mode, brilliant. Um, yeah, get out and play some games, people. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone got any thoughts on the PS4 Pro? Personally, I couldn't be less interested. No, I, I I don't have a television fancy <laughs> fancy enough for that, and I've only just bought the other PS. Four, so oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. Yeah, the the key the key factors on the on the uh, PS4 and the Xbox One S, uh, both of them. It seems to be that the the 4K is the big issue, and I don't have a 4K TV, and therefore it's, it seems seems redundant. Yeah, it seems also that a lot of the 4K TVs people have can't play them <laughs> because of all these different types of 4K. So. Seems like an interesting move to go for it this soon. Yeah, I listened to for those that are, are unclear on it. I listened to a good episode of Rival Games Podcast Xbox Unlocked, uh, the like well well known IGN, much larger mm-hmm. budget than us and can afford to test 4K <laughs> TVs, which we, we much cannot. larger as uh, in actual budget. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so if if you're in the dark about 
uh, 4K TVs. They did a they did a good Check podcast about about a month six weeks ago, uh, describing right. all the different types of 4K and stuff. And I would recommend listening to that if you if you want some guidance on what consoles will play on what and how the 4K system works, etc. etc. Cool. I'm I'm of the opinion that um, I mean I haven't played much. I've seen a 4K TV playing you know TV, but <laughs> not a game. But I don't I don't think they've mastered HD yet, so I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Because like, how many games are 1080p now? Not a lot, really. Most are still 720, aren't they? They're quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, I know anyway. this. I know there's issues with how the frame rate works. If you've yeah, so like, why are they jumping to 4K before they've even mastered 1080p? I just think it's a bit weird. But, running before they've walked. Yeah, I think it's pretty premature. But I think you know, it's. I think they needed something to be like. Well, this PS4 Pro needs some sort of selling point that isn't just it's more powerful, because a lot of people probably don't care like me. Um, <laughs> but neither do I care about the 4K. So hasn't really worked on that front. But I think I'm gonna think that's what it was. But then I think they plugged because like in the thing that they had, they literally just plugged the 4K bit and nothing else really, which I thought was a bit of an interesting move. So I don't know. We'll see how well it goes. I mean, I think there's always going to be people who just buy it anyway. So it will still do well, I think. But well, and again, surpri- I think it'd be, be good if it for, does amazingly. I think it would be good for people uh, to an extent, a bit like me. Although I didn't didn't get. But if you're coming to the new gen of one or the other a bit later, if I was yeah, now yeah. thinking, oh, what a PS4, I might consider. Well, is it worth the minor yeah, difference definitely. in price for the better? Like better quality and things, I'd, I'd maybe consider it if I was a new PS4 yeah, or Xbox it, yeah. customer. I'm not sure I'd necessarily consider. Oh, I definitely won't yeah. consider upgrading from either my Xbox One or my PS4. I'm I'm happy with mm. both as they are. We'll see. We'll see. Because I suppose a lot of the people who probably haven't got a PS4 yet probably aren't that bothered about more casual. So they might just be like, oh well, I'll get the other one now. That's cheaper. They're slim. But we'll see. I think I do think they'll both sell well just because people buy the new stuff all the time. But <laughs> I think those yeah. that are also really interested in VR might go for it. Yeah, I, it might I'm much that. more wanting to see how VR pans out before I invest what will be a large amount of money into it. But That's those true. early adopters, I can see thinking, well, it, it that will need the additional power. I might as well yeah. get the console now and enjoy the slightly higher res, etc., etc., until. VR is fully up and running with a lot of games, etc. In in terms of Nintendo news, there's not been a lot. Um, it's been pretty dead. But there's yeah, lots of uh, been some new Pokemon unleashed about or uh, revealed about uh, from Pokemon Sun and Moon, and they're looking good. There's some awesome things. I'm very excited for the game. They're changing quite a few things about it, such as there's no gyms and things. Um, they seem to be doing a lot. There's a lowland forms of like the first Pokemon, which is cool. Um, but also there's going to be I'm expecting an NX announcement within the next month I would expect which I am very excited about which is a new uh, Nintendo console obviously which is supposed to be coming out in March but I suspect it will be delayed (laughs) like everything is Um, but but we'll see I'm very excited about anyway the announcement and I think it's probably going to be within the next month I suspect so quite possibly by the time we next time we talk it will have been announced excellent We'll we'll do a special on it Special. <laughs> awesome, Clive. Do you have a uh, a time telling device on you? I do have a because I, I don't. Um, I'll just check my Swiss copy watch from Thailand. Yeah, um, it's oh, hang on, it's plug time. Wow, at stick around cast on Twitter. 
facebook.com slash stickaroundpodcast on Facebook, uh, stickaroundpodcast.com on the internet, stickaroundpodcast.gmail.com is where you can email us, uh, sticker, slash stickaroundpodcast on Instagram, slash stickaround on Patreon if you want to send us some money and help pay for our £8.27 a month hosting cost of the website. Any Everything is appreciated. Um, you can either pay monthly or just a one-off donation. Everything's appreciated. It helps to keep the lights on and all that jazz and pay for my alcoholic wine supply. Uh, <laughs> alcoholic is there anything else? wine? Yeah, it's it's a special type alcoholic. of wine just for <laughs> none of that. None of that grape juice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've upgraded now that I'm, you know... Is that like the, the equivalent of uh, Tenant's um, 4X or whatever it's called, the... Uh, Super strength lager, it's alcoholic swine. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I've forgotten anything there, Al. I don't think believe I, so. I think I might have um, nailed it. I'm getting better at this. You are, you're getting very good. Okay, it's been <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's been a shorter one this time, guys, but next next time in the games we should have Dave Peeling back. We should. Uh, I'm excited should. about his thoughts on No Man's Sky. Actually, yes, I am. Yeah, that's the big review that's missing from this one. But yeah, I'm wondering whether he's positive or negative, like everyone else. <laughs> we will see. We will see. Yeah, I've played a bit, but I I thought it was uh, I thought it was fair to let Dave review it since he was uh, since he was massively looking forward to it. I don't want to steal his thunder. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, come back next time when I believe we will be doing music. Is that right, Clive? We'll be coming in your ears with music. I think. That's probably right, yeah. It's either that or TV, isn't it? Yeah. Either way, it's going to be superb. It is. Thanks for coming, guys. See you later. Adios. Bye. Stick around. Stick, Stick around. around.